Hello and welcome to the Next in Line podcast where we are helping to prepare you for whatever is next in line. As always, I am your host, Chance Pitts, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Guys and gals, welcome into another episode of the podcast here. I'm very thankful that you chose to uh, stop here and listen to this episode today as it came out. Guys, we are meeting today with the crew of Rocky Raccoon, including the racer, Mr. Billy Pitts, after kind of getting some time to get together hit a workout, talk, and unpack everything that was that 32-hour race out there in Huntsville, Texas. Um, It was a crazy, crazy emotional experience. Um, It honestly was very, very inspiring. For those of y'all that have seen it on social media, if you haven't, go check it out. Uh, At Next In Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, there's that awesome finish, uh, crazy finish that my dad had there. But... What we did today is we answered some of the questions that people had for Mr. Billy Pitts, uh, but also just ran through everything that was Rocky Raccoon, the trail, the crew, the pacers, the overall race experience, and then, of course, the uh, disastrous circumstances that found us in the latter part of the races um, that my dad powered through um, and did a phenomenal job overcoming. So... Without any further ado, guys, you know what? First, before that, if you receive something from this episode of the podcast, and I know you will because the guys we have in this episode are just jam up good, and the story that we're telling is a phenomenal one. If you receive value from that, guys, share the show with someone who could receive that same value or get that same kind of experience, guys. That's the number one way for us to grow and to continue to help more people. And that's what we're trying to do here more than anything else is just inspire people with the actions that we're doing here. Now, guys, how you do that, just take a screenshot, share it on Facebook, Instagram, whatever you got, Twitter. Uh, But guys, besides that, I'm really excited to jump into this podcast. So without any further ado, guys, here is today's episode, the Rocky Raccoon post-race interview. All right, we are back in here, actually in the podcast studio this time, on the other side of Rocky Raccoon 100, joined today by Mr. Michael Ruiz. Pacer and crew member, Mr. Lane Divin, Pacer and crew member. Mm-hmm. Of course, myself, Mr. Chance Pitts, Pacer crew member, Billy Pitts, the racer, and mm-hmm. crew chief over there, Mr. Mark Wilmoth. So, guys, it was fun. Oh, it was yeah. a blast. At least, yeah, I think we all learned a lot. Yes, we learned a lot. It was fun, <laughs> and it was it was it was tough. It was. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, in the middle of the table here, if you can make it out on the camera, the awesome Rocky Raccoon 100 buckle has been mm-hmm. obtained. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of y'all, if you follow us on social media, that's at Next in Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Shameless plug every time. Just coming for <laughs> right. um, You go. If you saw it there, you saw that crazy finish. It was awesome. It was emotional. Um, if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to check it out. But before we jump into that conversation, um, kind of want to start and do a little bit of chronological order here and, and just work through this whole entire process. Um, so first things first, uh, we got a lot of the crew and pacers here. I thought the logistics of the race, all the game plan, putting everything together, went really smooth. I don't know what y'all's opinions are on that. Yeah, we showed up. We found that spot right there near the, the start, set everything up. And everybody was just on it, man, just ready to go, pulling gear and setting things up and getting you ready to start out. 
Uh, they were the, you guys were fantastic. Y'all met me every time I needed you to at the aid stations. You had me food ready to eat. I couldn't ask for anything else. The Pacers, you guys were great. Uh, it was it was really perfect. I can't complain at all. You know, it's actually starting to feel like we're getting these things somewhat figured out. <laughs> um, we are learning a little bit. After yours, yours was kind of rough trying to figure out. It was rough for everyone. It was rough yeah. for me figuring out the race, let alone a crew of guys that really and gals that haven't necessarily been around this thing before and i didn't know what to tell y'all to do or anything too but um man the group of people that we have around us um all of us the significant others of everyone in this room pretty much as well tough um, absolutely just jam up good made this for a really really good thing um and as far as that goes i know we had your bottles prepped we had pacers join in at that 50 mile mark just Getting things ready to roll. It was a cool experience. Um, and getting out there on the trail as pacers, the three of us, we figured out a lot about the course that you had <laughs> figured out a long time. Uh, I don't know if you want to give a little rundown of the Rocky Raccoon 100 course out there. I just, man, it was like pretty smooth on the front half possibly. But, uh, you know, it it had been raining out there previously and so it was sloppy muddy in spots and then parts of it you know you were you were uh, tripping over tree roots and things like that <laughs> especially in the second half of the course and which i'd let you guys know that when you get out there watch the tree roots because they were the tree roots were terrible uh got me i know i stumbled my feet on them at least a hundred times jarring my whole back and everything in the process but uh yeah the course was it was really it was really not too bad except for the tree roots and the mud and water that you had to get through it from time to time. But, uh, yeah, not too tough. Yeah, I, th I thought the same. I I think elevation-wise, there wasn't a crazy amount of elevation or anything, but it was enough to make you feel it, right? Yes, it was. I think I think I was looking on my Garmin and was talking about over the entire 100 miles, it was like 6,700 feet a total. It's not terrible. No. No. It's not terrible. Pretty flat in southeast Texas for the most part. Right, right. Um, along with that, I mean, just a general breakdown, <clears throat> what we ended up finding, there was aid stations every five miles. Um, at the 10-mile mark was the one that we met you at very regularly um, and swapped in and out pacers. It's 10 and 20 um, at the start right, line. Right, um, But the course was kind of because of that broke up into two sections. In my mind, I don't know if you saw that too. But that's kind of how it was. The front half was was a little quicker and, and about it was about a nine nine and some change on the mileage. And y'all would meet me at that at that halfway point with the fresh electrolyte bottles, and we'd switch switch them out. And then the second half, that about eleven ish mile stretch, that's where you got into the uh, more uneven terrain and the tree roots and those kind of things, uh, and a few more water puddles and things like that to get through. But uh, yeah, it was. It was challenging, of course, but, uh, yeah. Absolutely. No, I mean, that kind of covers the crew beginnings of it and the rundown just of the trail. But I think what we're really here to talk about is the meat of this race. Um, I mean, guys, feel free to jump in, too, on how y'all were feeling mm. at certain points. But, I mean, run us through that 100 miles from the get-go. If you want to break it down by laps, there's five 20-mile laps or however you want to do it. But give us a little bit of insight. How are you feeling going into that race whenever you're towing the start line under the big Hoka banner? 
Well, one thing I want to say too about the trail is they did a heck of a job marking the trail. The trail was well taken care of. As I mean, considering the weather conditions we had going into that week, so um, I just the Tejas Trails did an excellent job on that thing out there. So I just want to throw that out there. But um, well, we started the race. It was 34 degrees. It was you know 6 a.m. and it's chilly. It was a little chilly and. Um, on like say on that front part, I was thinking, well, I'm kind of, I'm running a pace kind of I want to run. I feel pretty good. It feels comfortable. And, um, of course, met you guys for the uh, water bottle exchange and then got on the second half of it into tree roots. And I'm like, all right, that pace I was thinking about is not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> kind of saw you some 24 hour dreams going. <laughs> yeah. 24 hour dreams went pretty quick in that first loop. I said, this is probably not going to happen. So then I was like, well. 26 or 28 maybe so that's more what i was thinking and um really um you guys were just doing such a great job uh hitting me with everything i needed i started eating right away at the aid stations i didn't want to get behind on nutrition i made that mistake before so everything was really an autopilot going pretty smooth um for most of the race really you know and when you guys came into pace that was definitely a, a positive uplifting moment for me for sure absolutely well part of that quickness at the at the uh aid stations that was a lot of your preparedness you had that stuff squared away in those boxes just stacked and organized it looked like i don't know like a tackle box or something man and uh so it was easy to find everything and then of course chance and lane were very familiar with your setup and where to find everything so that made things real easy I'd seen some other racers do that, put it in some clear boxes where you could see exactly what it was you wanted and mm-hmm. had everything just sorted out. And um, that seemed to go really smooth. I, I didn't notice any hit problems at all, no hiccups at all in that whole. You guys are on point. So I don't know if want to jump through. I don't know if I'm going to jump in your list or not. No, we, were looking, we were looking at your Garmin afterwards, right? You said about the nutrition where the one race you ran, you got behind on nutrition. So this right. one you wanted to stay in front of it. And you just you know that you're going to burn through a ton of fuel, but we were looking at his Garmin afterwards, and and we've been laughing all along. We're so we're surprised that your that your watch didn't say tilt or error, but it was <laughs> what twelve thousand calories is what you burnt over this race. It was like twelve thousand six hundred. Right, and so calories. what your average daily intakes what two to three. Yeah. So here here you burnt through three to four days worth of calories, you know, in that that time period. So to say that you can't, you know, if you get behind on nutrition, that you can't catch up. That kind of really drives that point home, that you really got to start on the front end. It it does. You could eat quite a few Big Macs with that that kind of budget and still not be back at zero. (laughs) And I heard a lot of racers talk about if you wait until, oh, hey, I need to eat, I feel hungry, or oh, I need to drink, I feel thirsty, it's too late. It's way too late. You're already behind the curve. and so Even in shorter races. Yep. Um, playing catch <laughs> playing catch up can be pretty miserable in that but everything uh, everything was on point i don't think i i don't think i tried to cramp at all the entire run with my legs my legs felt fantastic yeah which, for, which except which, for tweaking the ankle a little bit early on uh, but which uh products did you use to keep from uh cramping up electrolyte mix and uh what were you using there i was using uh g1m from bear performance nutrition um that's what y'all were mixing up into my water bottles every time so i was drinking uh a scoop in each 12 ounce bottle really about every five miles so i was doing that and then just drinking water and then i would still hit um 
I would still hit some pickles and hit some salt tabs every once in a while at the uh, aid station. So uh, just stayed on top of that side of it. It worked great. Okay. And that G1M is an electrolyte mix mixed with about 100 calories worth of carbs, It's right? got some carbs mm-hmm. in there, yep. Uh, and it keeps it just keeps you going. And I, I used that throughout the entire race. It never bothered my stomach. I never had any stomach issues at all. Everything was good and smooth. And that was one thing I was kind of concerned about. But uh, it also allowed me to stay off of the uh, the goo and the Martin gels. I didn't get into that until like way late in the race. Mm-hmm. So, Which is great. Yeah. Because those things, if you stack them too much and you're taking way too much in at a certain time, you will mess up your stomach. So that's good. I was using some Revy's caffeine strips, but I didn't really go into those until the the second half of the race, I started doing a little bit of that. But, yeah, uh, yeah that's pretty late when you started taking those. Yeah. yeah. I really kept it just uh, wanted to keep it real food as long as I could and keep my body going, uh, processing that food. And, and uh, I figured that would be my best shot at not having stomach issues in there. Yeah. Well, then didn't you, didn't you start taking like some Tylenol or something at one point? I did because of the ankle. I probably got a high ankle sprain on my left ankle and probably about 35 miles in on one of them tree roots. And uh, it would stove up every time I came around to the uh, 20 mile checkpoint and would sit down at the camp and maybe eat a hamburger or whatever. And then uh, once I got going again, I'd have to ease into loosening the ankle back up and then take off again. So, right. But I thought we were talking earlier this week that you said you may have overdid it with the Tylenol. I may have at the end of the race. I was, I was, yeah, I was probably trying to be too preventative on the ankle. I didn't want it to, didn't want right, it to hinder right. me. So I probably took a little more than I should have. Um, I don't know that that had a lot to do with anything at the end of the race. We can get into that, but um, <laughs> well, right. But I mean, you, yeah. as far as the learning curve goes, right? Because you said there was, you know, you went to see some doctor visits, and numbers are a little off. Yeah, numbers were a little off actually on the liver because of the Tylenol during that race. Um, so I know why, and my my urologist was like, "We understand what's going on, so we'll just give it a little time; it'll correct itself." So, uh, yeah, so that's the only thing like that uh, in the blood work that I noticed afterwards. So I try to keep good track of my blood work uh, going into the race, after the race, trying to see what's going on in my body and check those things out. So, um, uh, but. The urologist, she she wasn't worried about that at all. She was like, well, this explains what happened. Everything else looks fantastic. So uh, just, you know, take time to recover and we'll move forward from there. So everything went pretty good, though. So that's a testament, though, to your preparedness for it, that, you know, you didn't have any kind of not necessarily any long-term injuries. There's, you know, nothing was jacked up, messed up from the race. So, I mean, there's a big positive takeaway from that. Well, I really felt like after the race – a couple of days after, if I hadn't had the high ankle sprain, I really felt like I could have gone out and jogged some. I really did. I mean, because the normal hips and knees and all of that, they didn't bother me at all. Right. So a little sore, of course, you know. Um, but other than that, it was just I could have probably done a little light jog just to just to keep the legs stretched out afterwards. So That's, that's good. I know – one thing Mark kind of asked about earlier, uh, I think you were getting some coffee ready for the podcast, but uh, was there anything in your training schedule that you think would have made it more successful on your as far as your outing whenever you came out for this 100-mile race? Is there anything you would change? Is there anything that you 
looking back, you might have done a little differently going I, into it? or I think for the next one, I'm going to definitely work in more tempo runs, uh, more hill work, and uh, things like that. I'm going to... I'm going to really focus on that a little bit more to push my VO2 max up a little bit more also, but just to um, get my body more and plus train a little bit more off on the trails. You know, I ran a lot of it on back roads, gravel roads, things like that with a little bit of trail, but not, not near enough. So I need to mix some more of those things in to get, because when you run out there and you're on tree roots and rocks and things like that, you're going to tweak and uh, force your ankles and joints and everything to have to deal with off camber, you know, mm-hmm. placing your weight down in the wrong kind of not natural kind of motions. And so you got to get your body used to that. Plus, I think I need to work on some more core work, you know, strengthen mm-hmm. my core hips and all that kind of stuff, but lower, lower body and just, just middle core and all that to build up for the next race, I think. Yeah, I think that's something to be helpful. You talk or you hear a lot of runners talk about that core strength and the role that it does play in your running and being resilient enough to hang in there for these long races. So I think that's something that's going to be really, really big as I go through my race plan as well. Um, kind of learning a little bit vicariously through you. Um, and you mentioned, so 36 miles, your high ankle sprain. Is that when you first kind of had – because you're used to running 30-mile training runs, 28-mile training runs. Is that really when kind of your first, I don't know, pain cave or speed bump or whatever you want to call it, your your little bit of wall you had to fight against? Is that when that came in? Uh, maybe a little bit of wall. Um, I wouldn't say it wasn't anything too serious. It was um, I knew I had done something to my ankle. I knew it wasn't serious enough that I was going to have to stop. And I knew I needed to keep moving to keep it mobile and from stoving up on me. And so I just, um, it was a little bit of a mental. It probably slowed me down a tick a little bit more than I wanted to. And that probably, you know, overall slowed me down and kept me from hitting some of the goals I was thinking I was going to hit. But, um, you know, I can't complain a whole lot. I mean, if you're twisted that early and you're able to keep on moving, I mean, I mean, uh, I think that was, you know, it ended up being a positive thing, really. For sure. It might have taken your mind off of some other things, too, that you're probably out there dealing with. That's a great point because, uh, yeah, you you stop worrying about pace so much. You stop worrying about I got to push myself this and that, and you're just more focused on uh, just taking care of my body and getting myself through the thing. So that's kind of how my my thoughts kind of shifted. Go ahead, sir. No, you're good. No. I was just going to ask, like, did you have any issues staying present in parts of those races? Or, you know, what, where, where were you with on that? I don't think I really did. Um, I mean, the, before you guys <clears throat> came along, um, probably that 40 to 50 mile zone in there mm-hmm. kind of got where it was kind of like autopilot and I had to watch myself, make sure I wasn't slowing down too much and all that kind of stuff. Cause I was just kind of cruising and as you know, you're out there by yourself with your headlamp on and you're just kind of going. And so I was sure. like, all right, got to keep an, a little bit of eye on the pace, push myself a little bit. And then once you guys came in, it was immediate energy lift and a pump and you guys were good pushing me into pushing the pace a little bit for me. And um, that got me back on track. So I, I felt like there was a little lull in there, you know, in that point between that, especially in that 40 to 50 mile point. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it, 
at 40 to 50 miles, what, what point of the night is that? I mean, you've been at 40 to 50 miles, you've been up, we were, are we back at nighttime? You've been up 12, 14 hours. Yeah, Where did you guys jump in at? First pacer came in at, at uh, I'm not sure what time I went seven in. Seven or eight? I saw shortly after sunset, I feel like. Okay. Because yeah. I started running around 11 o'clock at night. So, so that's if I remember funny. correctly. Yeah. It's funny you said that while before we jump into <clears throat> the pacers. Uh, I definitely had that experience as well um, in that race that I did, the Habanero 100 was there, there was definitely a little bit of a lull and just kind of a, all right, let's let's sustain, let's survive and get through the 40 to 50 because I'm about to have somebody come join me. It's going to be a little bit of relief. And you expect a little bit of a, like, almost a mental a pick break. pick me up. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, like it's, a shot it's, of caffeine. <laughs> it's definitely a mental pickup for sure, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, leading perfectly into that, uh, first pacer comes in. Michael at mile 50 at the aid station uh, to go run the back half at night. Um, y'all want to kind of run us through how that went? Yeah, that was that was pretty exciting. Um, I showed up, and you were cracking jokes. And I was like, man, he's looking good. I uh, Honestly, I wasn't sure you needed me to jump in at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you're just up because you're at the, uh, the aid station. Those aid stations, are they amp you up a little bit getting in there uh, for sure food. for sure i'm gonna i know i'm gonna get recharged and i'm gonna get some food i'm gonna see my crew there and so yeah. uh, that's a definitely a, a pump up so uh, but yeah i think i joking around as i said man i think i came in at about nine and a half minute pace those last three miles and <laughs> i want to see your eyes get big <laughs> michael's eyes got real yeah, big that me you texted me when you signed up for the race you were like hey i'm signing up for this rocky raccoon i said hey you need a crew because i was i was I I was excited because we had done Chance's race, and I was like, that was a good time. I, w- I would love to come out there and pace you for that. And then you said those words, and I was like, oh, I might have messed up here. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean, it was, it was it was great when you came in, and uh, you came in and ran that back half with all the tree roots. Yeah, and that's the thing is you kept telling us about them tree roots. And I said, oh, it's just a little bit of tree roots, whatever. And... I tell you, my pinky toe was showing me that that was that was a little bit cocky there because at the beginning I was fresh and I was dodging those tree roots and I was like, okay, you know they're not that bad. And we got a couple miles in and I started hitting them. And at one point I went down hard. You did. Um, I was running a little bit ahead of you and uh, I glanced back to to see where you were at and I hit one of those and just poof, drove my shoulder into the dirt. But um, in road shoes. May we add? In road shoes. <laughs> In my fresh, white road shoes. Early white. They, they were white. New, uh, new ultras, yeah. So uh, now they're a nice shade of brown. But they are. A little, little tan. It's okay. But um, that's that's the other thing is uh, I run almost exclusively on roads or sidewalk, pavement, and... Uh, I never hit the trails, so that was a brand new experience for me. We did 11, and that cooked me off pretty good. Uh, I was not ready for the technicality of it. I mean, I, I think I performed well enough to, to pace you out. but Oh, that... you did. You did a great job. I was going to ask you what you thought about trail running now. I say. <laughs> it's a, it, honestly, it was, it was a lot more fun. Yeah. Trying to pick your way. I mean, sometimes I'm trying to pick my way through the mud with with a headlamp in the dark, and you know you can't judge how deep a section of mud is with that. And uh, my feet got pretty wet, but 
other than that, it's kind of fun going out there and just being in nature among the trees, bounding around the trail like a deer. But <laughs> And you did that all on the heels of a less than a month prior to that, uh, running your first marathon, too, in Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which so. that was making me nervous a little bit because I was having a little bit of problems with my feet um, coming off of that. And uh, so we started hitting those tree roots, and uh, my dogs were barking. But uh, we got it done. You kept... Uh, asking me hey make sure you're all right and you know i was it was pretty tough for me but i wasn't going to show that to you because <laughs> i'd gotten a talking to <laughs> well, you want to go into that <laughs> yeah i'm good with it I, i've got a little bit of a talking to before i signed up uh, before i walked up and started pacing you yeah because apparently when bit. we were doing the habanero 100 i was going through a couple things in my life and i hopped into pace chance and he said, oh, hey, how are things going? And I just hit him with the honesty right off the bat. Oh, <laughs> not too good. <laughs> your, your job as a pacer is to pace and get the movement. Uplift, <laughs> uplift. And, thing, yeah, uplift and motivate him. Yeah, I was, I was just was, like, I'm going to keep talking to him. I'm just going to talk to him like we always talk. And, you know, we got into that. And I didn't even notice that it, it took a toll on you. But you told me that as we were heading on the way up to the aid station. Like, hey, man, not to say anything about you or anything, but... Watch what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Just be mindful, right? And I mean, uh, that opened my eyes. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to... No weakness. <laughs> I think it's a part of that learning curve that we have. You know, we hadn't done yes. a whole lot of this. You know, we, we, yeah. we have to almost put our mind into the guy that's running a race and think about what he needs to hear at the time, too. And so, yeah. you know, like when he was running at a Habanero, I mean... He got he got into some pretty dark places at the end of that race, and, very much uh, so. So he needed he needed some positive pick me up too. So it's it's all a learning process. You were great, you were great, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, actually, you falling took my mind off of me a little bit more, <laughs> and, I, and it worked. You it overperformed, worked. We were, Michael. <laughs> we were moving pretty good when yeah. we come back across that dam. We were hauling pretty good across oh, there. Yeah. Oh, that was so pretty at night. Yeah hitting across that dam and you just see the whole camp because you you got to run around the lake and so we hit the other side of that and you can just see all the lights glittering off of the off of the water you can hear the music from the start line and that was a real good that was a cool experience man but that was a nice place all around i mean just not for the race but that is a beautiful park they do most of the organizations in texas do a great job of finding places that are just jam up good um even Brazos Bend's a fun one. Um, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's community-wise quite as big as that was, but it, it's a really cool and enjoyable place. Um, really, every race. Well, you know, I don't, you brought that up, and I don't know if we ever brought that up before. Is you know, this is my first experience with anything like this, and and I didn't realize how big a deal this was until you started telling me that it's a it's a Western qualifier. So. I mean, this, this was a big ordeal. This was the Indianapolis, man. This was a 500, you know, Daytona. This was a big deal. Yeah, people come out and compete yeah. at this thing. I'm yeah, talking, it would, I mean, well, what well, we were looking at it. There was people from Canada. Know, from all over. Hawaii. People. I think there was a couple from Hawaii. Do y'all remember what the winner's time was? Like 1445, I believe. Something. Yeah. I think he broke 14. I think, I think he I think broke 14, right too. Under. I think it was, yeah. Oh, was it right under? It yeah. was It was fast. Um, yeah. But to see some of that, yeah, that just tells you that this definitely – so that's a great point. It, this is a big deal. This is a big event, big race. Um, you know, and, and I'll bring something up as we talked about it earlier, that, 
he ran a, a little mar- half marathon down there in Fredericksburg at time. And, and you see a lot of these very colorful outfits and very colorful people and animated people. And, and to me, and, and I'm not a runner, so, I mean, I'm outside looking in, but there's these people, you know, look at me, I'm so pretty, I'm a runner, I'm a runner. There wasn't none of that at this place. I mean, this, this thing was serious, man. <laughs> no, they, and these, these people were serious and they were out there. It was impressive. Yeah, it, it is a. I'm gonna go make myself better. I'm gonna go. Yeah, this 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 was all this was all business. Yeah, it was all business, and yeah. it's impressive. And go ahead. But a great group of people. I mean, oh yeah, uh, just cordial, encouraging, positive, and everybody's, you know, trying <clears throat> to trying to encourage everybody to do their best. And it was it was no kind of. You didn't feel like anybody was looking down on you or anything like that. Yeah. No matter it's how fast or slow you were. That I think is that as the level improves and gets higher and higher that comes out more and more you know all the bs stops and 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 the professionalism comes out in it another side of that too i mean we left bags with all kinds of stuff in them in the back of the truck and right yeah nothing was yeah nothing we didn't worry about anything you made the comment that you know over at the trailer and we left the trailer unattended (laughs) for hours and you you said there's what three thousand dollars worth of weights sitting at the trailer so we had I don't know how many pairs of dumbbell, uh, adjustable boat yeah. plates, dumbbells, bumper plates, benches, all kinds of stuff that we brought out there to lift with, and none of it was touched. No. It's, it's just a jam-up good group of people yeah. that are all yeah. there for the same reason. Dude, I was impressed at that. Y'all were maintaining your 75 hard in between my <laughs> loops, and then coming out and meeting me, you never missed a beat. I was just, like, blown away. That's awesome. You had a long day coming back. Whew, that was rough, man. <laughs> yeah, the worst time was having my heart on that. Well, yeah, we'll get into that, but yeah. We'll get into that. That was my fault on that, I'll be no. honest, yeah. So one of the rules for 75 hard is your workouts have to be three hours apart. And if you don't make them three hours apart, or if you keep working out for more than three hours, you cannot count them as two workouts. Like, it's just not how it works. So that's what we're alluding to a little bit, but that's a little bit later in the race. Uh, the next benchmark will probably be the uh, pacer swap out back up at the finish line. Once Michael um, had his tumble and ran his back roots <laughs> yeah. and uh, stayed very motivating and positive on the back end. Uh, but uh, he was great. He was heck, great. Yeah. But that's, that's where Lane Divin came in. Absolutely. I think you also, did you, was that when you decided to eat or was that prior to that? We had a burger because I yeah. eat shortly right before you showed up. Yeah, okay. That was your first bigger meal, per se. I couldn't remember exactly where. Yeah. Yep. Burger at the start line there at mile 60. Um, joined by Lane Divin to go out and take on the first, uh, like you said, nine and some change, but nine and a half or so mm-hmm. miles of that front section. Um, still in the dark. I think you ran with him about 11. Yeah, it's about 11 o'clock at night. Um, so getting out there fresh in the dark, man, you know, running trails that you haven't ran before and. It's kind of like how it was for me in Habanero. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Lane did great also. He was pushing the pace on me too, and he was having me yell and everything out there, getting me fired up. So it was great. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to jump in here on that because, well, even when, when you took over, when Michael took over, and then when Lane took over, I was in the camper asleep. I was in a warm bed under a bunch of blankets with a heater going, right? And hats off to your all's significant others. Because every single one of those girls stayed out there under that canopy in the cold, folded up in a doggone lawn chair trying to catch some sleep. Um, yeah. And and we kept yeah, – I kept begging them and telling them, come back to the camper. There's plenty of room. There's, there's heat. You know, you can get a decent night's sleep or at least a couple hours sleep. And they stuck mm-hmm. out there for the entire thing. They, they did not – well, as far as I know, 
I don't think any one of them come back to the camper to sleep. They all mm-hmm. stayed there, curled up on the. Well, you were on the ground, and and I mean, yeah, hats off yeah. to them because uh, it was oh, absolutely it was well, unbelievable. To see they that. weren't just taking care of Billy; they were taking care of us as well. Right. right. Oh yeah, it was a, sure. man, yeah. See, I wimped out. I went back to the cabin, back to the back to the trailer. So <laughs> wow, that's what I, that's what I love about our group, our, our group of people, and our family here. He's like, we all try to help each other out and take care of each other, and it was just. It was just outstanding to see, and I made y'all go to whole duration too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it. That was a it was a long race, but it was a great race. I will say um, that. And so you were out there on the trails, um, chopping it up with him, um, going through the night, and y'all looked pretty good coming into the aid station. I mean, y'all both looked strong. You looked like you were still feeling really good. That was mile yeah. seventy, I think. It was 60 to 70. Right, yeah. yeah, right around 60-something. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, I mean, I think for our pace, we were maintaining mid-14s when we were actually moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, on the backside of our loop, you know, it feels like you're going uphill both ways. You walk – you're going straight up that big hill, leaving the aid station. Right, yeah. And coming back, it seems like you're still going uphill. But I noticed that while I was out there. It's kind of yeah. weird. It's kind of deceptive on there, yeah. You, you almost get built up a little bit, and you let yourself get a little bit high thinking about the coming back downhill, downhill. on the other side, and then it's not there. No, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and I had that good. issue with myself. I was <laughs> yeah. like, all right, we got to get him moving. You know, we're going to keep pushing the pace a little bit. And I was like, man, like there's always another hill to go back over and we're not moving, so, but, no, I mean, we, we ended up knocking it out pretty good. Um, overall, you know, it seemed like you stayed mostly positive whenever I was with you. Um, you know, there's a couple times I, I had to pull a Goggins trick on you <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, keep you positive and keep you moving. But overall, I think you did pretty solid 60 to 70. Uh, yeah, it was it was a solid, that was a solid uh, stretch of it right there. You you were pushing me. You are pushing me and, and getting me to yell. and I mean, like, really yell. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing wow. I did to you, Chance. Hey, it, it psychological warfare out there, yeah. man. It, yeah. it yeah. did wonders. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm not going to say exactly what we said, but, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was positive and motivating. We'll leave it at that. There we For go. Sure. You know, I mean, it's something, you know, we all talk about 3 of 7 and Chad right and everything and, you know, going through that process and, and truly – immersing yourself in those thoughts of being positive being proactive like no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give up i'm gonna keep on going that's that's essentially what it is so well you take you kind of take that motivator role too just in general i know we hit a pretty good workout before this (laughs) we Uh, did put them them through a little bit of the torture chamber out there in the gym uh, before this but uh that was a great workout yeah just the other thing was that I guess where I was going with that is you'd hear Lane yelling across the gym at people. Uh, just, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Push it out. Yeah. Finish. So I definitely think that comes natural to you. Um, and that was cool to see. And while we're out there, too, you uh, got the old cold plunge done out there, Michael, huh? <laughs> yeah. That was rough. Three minutes, yeah. man. That's, that was awesome, uh, man. 41 and a half degrees. That's, that, was, that was a lot tougher than I thought it would be. I, I thought it I wasn't ready for it. I went in the first, first time, and I, I crawled back out of that thing. So we went back in and did the full three minutes, and that's that's a t- that's a that's an experience. I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's I don't mental. think I liked it very much. <laughs> it's, it's a huge mental thing. Oh. It really is. It's a mental hurdle that you you got yourself through. It was awesome. Oh. 
Shoot, yeah, that's awesome. So then after mile 70, I joined you, or about 69-ish, mm-hmm. I joined you at the uh, at the Nature Center aid station to jump yeah. in. Um, what the plans of swapping back out with Lane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> running 10 each, basically, until the end. We can dive into that here in a little while, too. We sure can. Um, so I I jumped in, and, and we did loop 70 to 80. Kind of kept it steady. Didn't really push the tempo a lot. Yeah, we were, yeah. Just Pretty much cruising. Cruising. Yeah. Uh, we, we had some time in the bank that we knew we were going to be pretty much okay, but wanted to right. Wanted to keep it steady and got back up to the top, and you were running like a 14-minute pace, running faster than I was uh, coming back in off the power line road section right there, and I was like, man, this guy's got a little bit more in the tank. He's holding out on us, so <laughs> we came around and hit mile 80. Um, the crew was there to welcome us, had a great Great job. That by that time it was We ate another burger there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. five, six. Mm-hmm. I think it was somewhere around six in the morning. Yeah, yeah, Lane hooked us up with another burger. That's right. And um at that that's this is another learning curve thing here. We should probably like not leave it up to whoever's running to decide who's gonna pace you. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I just, I don't know why. I said, well, let's, let's have a chance to go back out again. I wasn't thinking at all. I made chance run 31 and a half miles in a row, uh, which also messed up his 75 hard, which when we got about a quarter mile out, I said, oh, crap, you're not going to get your second workout in right here. He's, you were yelling at me to turn around. I told him to turn lame. around, go get Lane. Like, go get shut him. up. Go He's run. like, hey, do it. Let's go. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I was like, don't let me make that decision. We really – I mean, that's a learning curve, really. We need to – because at that point, I'm not sure. I'm thinking real clearly at that point, you know, yeah. and making those decisions. And Lane was strong on his loop. He could have gone out and, and did a great job for me. He would already run that, that part of it again. Yeah. He could have pushed me on through it, and no problem. And uh, yeah, I made a bad call on that one, but it was it was just I don't think I was all thinking right. Well, it also needs to be your crew being a little bit smarter too, because I'm the kind of person that it ain't going to scare me ever to go out and run 31 miles. But I know maybe that's not the smart thing to do sometimes, right? <laughs> so well, it, I think it comes back to the trust in your plan, because we did plan on. Switching back out, but I could tell that you didn't quite want to stop just yet. Yeah. And, you know, with me and where you were with at your, where you were in your race at that point, like I, I haven't been that far mileage-wise, obviously, but I knew Chance had been. So if there was something that was going to start going wrong, I didn't fully trust myself to catch like, oh, we need to slow it down or we're still good to push or, you know, whatever it may be, uh, which is – I think also kind of played into that decision too. So. And hindsight twenty two, I think you would have pushed him and done really well through that last section mm-hmm. uh, prior to the final ten. But I think because I, we pushed pretty pretty we dang did. hard, we pushed hard on eighty that to ninety. Eighty to ninety, we were moving. We were moving really quick. I think our all of our miles were in the sixteen minute mile pace at that point, which was comparatively very quick because i think mm-hmm. you text them and let them know that hey we're going to be hitting that nature center aid center way know, early aid station earlier than planned yeah so we were cruising and um i guess it's time to get into that conversation it actually that was very beneficial is what i'll say because you ran into some hardships on the back side of that trail um of course by that time it was getting into midday so it was starting to warm up quite a bit 
we were feeling really good, so we were pushing the pace a little bit, leaving it all out there because you had told me before the race you didn't want to feel like you had anything left in the tank yeah, when I we wanted, came back. I wanted, to, I wanted to see what we could do, and we were passing people. We were. We were passing people. Coming out at Nature Center Aid Station, we started passing people, mm-hmm. and we were moving pretty good. Um, well, that kind of goes back into the whole did we do the right thing because had you know I ran that 80 to 90 with you, we wouldn't have been running. I don't think I would have pushed you as hard as Chance did because I wouldn't have registered like, oh, he's still booking at 15 miles or 15 minutes per mile. And it's like, well, had you had that reserve energy, had that back half been as rough as it was. So it's hard to say. It, we can second, you never know, yeah, yeah, we can second yeah. guess it every, you know, all it. But I think, <clears throat> I think next time if we end up doing this again, we just stick to the game plan and go where you guys just tell me, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, we man. got this. You just run. You just worry about running and keeping your body fueled. We'll take care of the pacing. And I think that's the way it should be, you know, if we're pacing for each other. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, you guys kind of got a good handle, and you're observing me. You're observing everything. You know how you feel. And I, I think we should probably – that was probably one of the mistakes that, that was made in there, and I, I take full credit for that. So, uh, But it ended up – it worked out the way it needed to, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. I think it did. Um, well, mostly just because of the 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 incident on the the lap the back end of it. Yeah, you know. I, I definitely needed you which on that back half. Uh, Absolutely. Um, which getting into that, do you want to? I mean, ninety two mile, ninety two, ninety three. You want to get into that? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, we were passing people, and uh, about eight miles left to go, I felt the back spasm. Uh, and I was like, you gotta be kidding. And, uh, I was still able to push a decent pace for a while and able to go. But then after, I don't know, maybe like six miles to go or so, or so it it got to where I had to get some tree limbs to use as trekking poles and just, uh, it was pretty rough. Um, and the pace is slow. We made it to that last aid station and coming out of there, it was, it was feeling pretty rough. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we made sure and fueled up really well. Um, we took off out of there, and uh, just the pace continued to slow. The back spasms grew. Uh, they started out like lower left in the one spot, and then it just kept expanding, and all the way up like my middle of my back, uh, lower back to middle of the back. By the time it was said and done, and um, I think at one point we stopped. I've been sweating like crazy because I was using those tree limbs as trekking poles. Well, when you say your back locked up too, not to cut you off, but we're talking you were hunched over. Yeah. I you were, you I, could not stand up straight. I couldn't stand up straight. and Barely uh, run at times. I had a history of lower back issues years ago before I got into shape. I had like chronic issues and stuff, you know, because I was overweight and everything. But since I'd gotten in shape, it hadn't really been much of an issue, but – I never tried to go 100 miles either. So <laughs> yeah, over over those tree roots and that jarring motion that you probably felt for uh, it was. I think for sure it was a combination of the of the fatigue, the distance, and the tree roots for sure played a part in all of that. Um, but yeah, um, so I started sweating a whole lot, and then uh, uh, we stopped, and I took the leggings off I had on, and I actually took my shirt off and just went with the with the hydration vest with no shirt on to try to cool down. And, um, I went from sweating to not sweating at all, which was a, not a good sign. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at that point, your pace went from slowing to crawling. I mean, crawling. It, it, yeah. we, we were looking at it. Like you, you had For two miles, there was one mile took you 43 minutes, another mile took you 45. Yeah, the last two miles uh, were really rough. Uh, talk about a pain cave or a dark place or how you want to look at it. I, I said I wanted to experience some hard stuff, and I wanted to push myself to the end, you know, and to the – to the limits and i think i kind of did um but yeah it um the lower back really really was i couldn't believe the lower back was giving me issues after such a race you know going 90 miles and feeling so great and nothing's going wrong and then all of a sudden that lower back changes everything so I, i think we were looking at trying to I was thinking we were going to finish around 30 hours or maybe try to break that point. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We had two hours to spare yeah. um, is what we were looking mm-hmm. at. We're like, man, let's just do the best time we can and cruise in and be comfortable with yeah. it. And it changed very quickly to – we were worried. Um, yeah, I got – You whenever you had you the stopped, whole crew sweating at the yeah. camp. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm about to ask that question. But we got to the point, too, of uh, – Whenever you stopped, you pour started pouring sweat and then stopped sweating, and you were having to stop very, very regularly. I, I was medically concerned that we might have to pull you out of the race. And at that time, I started getting messages from y'all, and do y'all want to run through kind of back at base camp what the crew was thinking at that So we point. were like, so of course, I had slept through the night, and so we met you at the 90 mark at, at the aid station. And I thought you looked, you know, well, we all thought you looked great at that point. I mean, you were obviously yeah. tired, but, I mean, you guys even took off out of the aid station at a jog. And so we were all like, oh, he got this. Very right? impressive. This, this yeah, is in the bag. That was mile 90. Yeah, yeah. So that was mile 90. And we're like, yeah, it's in the bag. He's got it. So we're sitting there at camp. And then, you know, we're kind of watching the watches. And, and I don't know, what's that app that Tammy can see where you're at? Oh, that's that Life 360. Yeah, Life 360. Yeah. So she keeps looking at it, and the dot's not moving. You know, it's still in the same spot around the lake. And we're like, well, this ain't good. It's, well, the phone's messed up. Well, no, and then we started getting the text from you. And we're like, oh, man, this is this is getting serious. And, you know, at one point you, I guess, made some kind of a text about we may have to call a medic. And that's where we really started getting concerned. And then, so I've been joking all week that, on my shoulders was the devil and the angel, right? The one mm-hmm. guy going bullshit. He can pat, you know, push through this, you know, suck it up and, and finish this. Mm-hmm. And the other half's going, man, if you need medical attention, you need to stop. And so that yeah. was that kept that was just going through my head. Is you know, do we does he stop or does he not? I, that's what was worrying me. And the thought kept running through my head out there as I'm with him was like, you know, me and. Me and you always joke about I'd rather die out on the trail than in a chair somewhere <laughs> eating Cheetos and and uh, I mean it you had me concerned it was a, at that point it started being a possibility in my mind right yeah so. honestly it ran through my mind as well <laughs> um, yeah it was a dark moment for sure for sure and I did, honestly I didn't know what was going on and my lower back and my back was just like just knotting up and everything on me i didn't know what was going on there were several times i was like i was going i'm gonna david goggins this and just take off running to stand up straight and i would take off running and stand up straight and just bend right back over like you know, no you're not so on that note how tall are you a six three okay and i've been telling everybody you came across the finish line at five foot nine <laughs> maybe so maybe, yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe. and that's no joke if you haven't seen it go find the video that chance posted yeah, yeah. he come across the line at five foot nine and yeah. it i mean 
there was a lot of things that happened out there for for a lot of reasons that you can't really explain. Like us us going out there and pushing as hard as we did, um, miles eighty through ninety, um, and just gaining that time. And but we talked about that banking time so that if anything went wrong, we could take care of it. Um, we didn't know kind of why we were doing it at the time, but now getting close to the end and getting down to the wire. Well, it was, it was down to the wire and that, that goes back to you guys pacing me and everything that y'all did to help me throughout that race. If anything had gone wrong and taken longer than we had planned, wouldn't have finished it. Hmm. Yeah. Just a little too long at the aid station and yeah, just anything like that. So, and you kept asking me if we had time and I said, man, we, we still have time. We can do this. Just keep, you got to move though. And you were fighting the trekking pole battle for a while. You'd feel good, and you'd throw them down, and then I'd be in the woods two minutes later hunting <laughs> hunting sticks for you to <laughs> use as trekking poles. And that's another thing we talk, We debated on talking about it, but um, something happened out there that was really hard to explain. And there was a lady that DNF'd. She was out of the race because she wasn't at a certain on her last lap by a certain time. That's right, yeah. And she was back in the woods kind of sitting there enjoying nature, I guess recapping on her race and everything. And she noticed you with the sticks and struggling really badly because we had two big, clunky, heavy sticks that were uneven. And she offered you her trekking poles. She did. And that made night and day difference. All the difference in the world. So the next time you're going to take yours with you. That's right. Yes, I am. <laughs> Next uh, time we're going to look harder, too. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and that was the thing. I felt so good at the 90-mile point, I didn't take them. I was like, I don't need these things. We're going to cruise this thing on in. I visualized coming across the finish line with you by my side and just, uh, you know, rocking and rolling on in, no problem. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's incredible how things change so quickly. <laughs> things got dark, and we were we started calculating minutes down to what we had available whenever we came to about 99 and a half. You yeah. Know, yeah. With about a half mile left. And that's when one, um, what was the guy's name? Uh, I think it was Jeff Kraft, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Jeff found us on the trail, and he was starting to come back and encourage people that were close to finishing. He said, man, if you keep pushing and go at a strong pace – y'all can still finish because we were sitting there trying to calculate our head and rationalize and, and trying to find the motivation to, to get you to push through and, and keep going. And it was just this fleeting feeling, right. In a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah. And came up upon the race photographer that's at the end of the race, uh, about maybe like, I don't know, just under half a mile from the start line. And, and they were like, man, you can, you can do this. So you started power hiking with those trekking poles and moving and, um, we came uphill a little bit and started climbing and, and there's a section that opens up through the woods and uh, everybody, of course, at the crew had been keeping up with everything. Emotions were high. Everybody was super tense over what was happening. And I just remember that moment and you can describe what that was for you whenever we broke through that, that top section right there and we knew it was going to be down to the wire if you were kept moving at the pace you were at. And we saw our entire crew right there heard them before we saw them just explode with, with positivity and encouragement. Well, that was, that was crazy timing because we were, Mm -hmm. I don't know how we didn't know how accurate that life 360 app was. So we were debating and debating, you know, do we go, do we stay, do it? When, like, when is he going to cross that path? Um, cause there was that one path way back in there and, we finally made it and you were crossing just as we were running up there. Mm -hmm. So it worked out perfectly. 
So it, it was funnier than that because before y'all decided to go look for him, mm-hmm. I said, so well, I'm going to go to the restroom, right? And so mm-hmm. I did, and then I started walking. I'm like, well, let me, I'm going to see if I can catch him on the trail. So I started walking the trail back. Well, I got all the way back to where you're talking about, where, where it kind of pops out of the woods. And I'm looking at my watch. It's like 15 minutes till, and I'm like, I don't see him. I'm like, there's no way he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. So I start back down to where everybody's at. Well, the last kind of word we'd heard from Chance is we may have to call medic. You know, he's in bad shape. Well, I get down there to the starting line where we were all posted up and everybody's gone. And I'm like, oh, oh Christ, they called the medics. You know, <laughs> you know, the call come in and I done missed it. And I'm panicking like crazy. And I'm like, well, the cars are still here. I'm like, let me text Tammy real quick. And she's, Tammy come back with his wife. Says, you know, we see him. And so then I took off running too. But yeah, it freaked me out. I was like, oh man, I missed something bad. And then here he, here he come down the, down the path. And I'm like, man, this is going to get tight. <laughs> Looking like a hermit. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Shirtless. So I'm going to go back to what you said. You know, you said, well, I want to finish it and have nothing left on the table. Well, you accomplished that goal, right? Uh, and I got where the mental part comes from. I can get behind that, that I've ran 90 miles. There's no way I'm not finishing this. I, mm-hmm. I That part I can get. But I have never seen anybody so exhausted and continue to move. I have no idea where that energy came from. It Seeing everybody come through, and you can speak to this, but just – Everybody coming through was a game changer uh, right there at the top. And then Jeff, Jeff actually joined us and was running right beside you, pushing. Going up that hill, um, we had just, I guess he joined us right there as we come out of the woods part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, then there was another hill to go up. And he got on my left side, and he's like, you got to pick it up. And I started power power hiking. And he's and he was watching. He's like, at this pace, you're going to make it. You keep going this pace. So he was on the left. Chance was on the right, and I said, if you fall, you know, we got you. And I just kept power hiking and uh, just bent over like a hunchback because I couldn't stand up. And uh, so I'm coming up that hill and digging for all I can to get up the hill because I knew once I got up that hill, it was going to be a slight downhill all the way down. Mm-hmm. As soon as I got over that hill and started coming down, then I heard y'all hollering. I heard the whole team going crazy over here. And so I power hiked that, and just it just pumped me up. I mean – those two guys beside me, you guys carrying on and going crazy. Uh, just, it was unbelievable. Just pushing me all the way in. I don't know how to describe it. It was just, I couldn't have done it without all y'all there. I just, uh, you say you power hiked, you started running. You started running. Yeah. There was nothing left in the tank. You were punched over, hurting. Your back was locked up and you started freaking running. And you were using the trekking poles and you were pushing the hell out of yourself, but you were, driving you were getting to that finish line come hell or high water and i mean all of us were just amazed watching that you hear these words like grit and determination and you know what that means but until you see something like that i thought i knew what that meant and then to see you doing that Mm -hmm. put a whole new definition to those words i'm with you on that one because we've kind of had a couple of conversations, right? Like I, I is in the army and I used to think I'd done some hard shit, but yeah, I, I haven't done nothing compared to that. Yeah. And I used to think I'd been, you know, through tired. And, no, I don't know what tired is. And for anybody thinking we're over dramatizing this nah, thing, not nah, at all. 32 hours is the cutoff. And with three minutes to go before the official cutoff for the race, you Hunched back, ran and hauled ass across that finish line. Nothing was going to stop you. And 
I there were so many people that were just going crazy, insanely happy that you finished that race. Yeah. It wasn't just our crew; it was everyone Literally that had seen everybody. you. In there the there hard was spot. people had tears in their eyes. No kidding. Yeah, that, that that's no. Hell, I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to joke that did. at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. It, it was, was emotional. I afterwards I was too. It was emotional, and you actually I crossed the finish line, and just kind of and you kind of caught me there. You kept me from falling over forward. And, um, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Uh, and it would not have happened without all of you guys there, the team there making it happen. I, I, I owe it all of you guys. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. It was a lot of effort. It was digging deep and it was, it was, I went through so many dark and disturbing <laughs> thoughts in my head that last part of that race um it, from one you know one of the things was like i got this whole team here they've been outstanding they've kicked ass this whole race and i'm gonna let them down here and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was going through my head it's like we gotta finish this thing but then at the same time i was like i ain't gonna finish this thing <laughs> there was so many emotional roller coasters going on in my head and uh he just kept he said, we got to go. You know, he just kept, he kept going and pushing me. And, uh, without you there on that last, that last back half, I, I wouldn't have made it. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when, when Jeff got in my left ear and that was, that just gave me a little more energy to keep going. And I don't know where it came from. I just, I just knew I wanted to finish the thing. We, I, I sure didn't want to go 99 miles and DNF it. Yeah. It's like, well, that was the hardest part about possibly thinking of pulling you was like, man, I've been where you're at. I, I know where you're at finish wise. I mean, you come hell or high water. I'm going to take this thing out. I'd rather die out here than not finish at this point. And it was hard to, to let you do that. I it was weird saying that, but, but yeah. I understand it would, if I was in your shoes and you're running the same thing, I would, I would have a hard time because I'd want to protect you. I'd want, I want you exactly. to be safe, you know. So uh, I get it. I get it. But, um, yeah, it's one of the hardest physical and mental things I've ever done in my life. Uh, and uh, I want to do it again. <laughs> now, now to, to bring up something else, though, before people that, I guess, don't quite understand all this, is, you know, we said, well, you crossed the finish line with three minutes left. Also, oh, that meant you come in dead last. Well, First off, you did not come in dead last. There no. was a guy that actually came in behind you. That is correct. <laughs> I got to looking at, at some of the numbers and, and, you know, finishing and this, that, and the other. And there was, if I remember right, I think it was 35% of the people that entered this did not finish. Yeah. So that's over a third. Over a third of the people that entered didn't finish. And there yeah. was... So that in itself puts you in a in a category, you know, I mean... It was around 400 runners that entered this race, yeah, too. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was a large number. 400 very competent <laughs> yeah, runners yeah, exactly. entered this race and, this is over and a couldn't third, finish it. Yeah, over a third couldn't finish it. So, uh, yeah, it was it was it was an unreal experience. Is it was it was crazy. It was unreal to watch. Well, I mean, it's probably one of the most inspirational things I've ever seen too. And I made the comment afterwards, like, if that doesn't make you want to run 100 miles, then I'll know it will. <laughs> so I, I told him that, that, that Monday morning, right, this was on Sunday that you finished the race and stuff. So Monday morning, I'm, I'm, I get up early at 4.30. I go ride my bicycle. And I told him, you should have heard the voices in my head, the conversation in my head that Monday morning. Because I started down the road, and I'm like, 
man, I'm tired. I'm like, really? You're tired? Go talk to Billy about tired. What the hell do you think tired is? <laughs> yeah. right? And I mean, really, I'm like, he has set such an unbelievable bar to measure up to. Right? Yes. So I'm like, and so the whole time I'm, I'm like, well, I'm sore. Really? You're sore? Go talk to, tell me about sore. Go talk to Billy. And then, so yeah, he has set a bar that's just, ah, oh, it's going to be tough. Absolutely. No, that's, that's right. And speaking of the inspiration to run the 100-mile races, uh, I think there's a few people here um, looking at doing another 100-mile race at the end of the year, uh, one of which has never done it before. <laughs> I was thinking about doing it. Oh, Michael Ruiz over there. Is oh, I had to bring it out to the light, oh, didn't no. you? <laughs> we're, we're committing right now. We we're, are getting that, we're getting that commitment right here. Uh, there ain't no backing out now. I, I guess Ma- I'll have to go sign up. I think Mark actually offered to pace you as well. I heard that. Well, when, when I saw his 45-minute time, that one I can do. So we're in good shape there. So I, I think I think there's a lot of positivity coming out of this and productive things and goal setting that is being just blossoming out of this Rocky Raccoon race right now. So, mm-hmm. Well, honestly, this whole, this whole movement is just elevating so many people to just new levels. More than anybody's seen on the podcast. I mean... Because, I mean, how many people actually come in and sit, can make it over here to sit on the podcast and do stuff, and how many people want to be recorded? So it's very, it's the roots are running pretty deep, and <laughs> it's just bringing everybody to the next bar up. I know multiple people in my side of the family have been improving their health and their physical fitness, and hell, even just reading, you know, getting, getting in there and taking care of business and so many others and it's it comes down to doing stuff like you do and like you do that just really brings us up there i would have never run a marathon without you two so that's that's already a huge achievement in my life thank you to y'all man that's that's phenomenal thank you that that's huge but it's i mean y'all everyone at this table and everyone in this house i can say easily but Mm -hmm. just all the people that we've surrounded ourselves Y'all are feeding that back into us. And this 100%. is just, this is a machine that's creating some perpetual motion. And we're just, we're moving along. I mean, the accomplishments sitting at this table in the past year or two are insane. I mean, mm-hmm. let's, let's be honest, hundred mile race. Most recently I've got a hundred mile race, but those, those things are cool. But let's talk about real applicable things. Lane Divin, you did the Spartan ultra that, I mean, that's something that you're training for a bodybuilding competition. You have no business doing endurance stuff and you're out here doing extremely challenging things. Michael, you just finished a marathon and you're looking to find new heights with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also both of y'all have taken on 75 hard Mark, mm-hmm. you're taking on 75 hard right now and you've lost over 60 pounds as well here Ooh. recently. Yeah. So it's day awesome. 39, right? Yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's there's no absolutely there's no shortage of amazing people surrounding us. But yeah, yeah. That's, we can go haul in four more right now. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> let's do it. No, I, mean, we, well, I think it's like you say, our circle of influence is is growing, mm-hmm. whether we know it or not. You know, or like you say, some people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to speak up or don't want to reach out to you. But they're seeing the podcast or they're seeing the things we're putting on social media. Mm-hmm. You're having an influence on people, whether you know it or not. And yeah. the circle is growing. We're seeing family members that are stepping up, friends that are stepping up. And it may be, it doesn't have to be that they're going to run an ultra marathon or right. they're going to, you know, do a Spartan race. It's, it's just they may be just improving their own life, reading a book 
just getting into shape, maybe going for a walk every day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be anything crazy or extreme, but those little steps like that can make your life so much better. You oh, know, yeah. I, I love our circle that we have here and the influence because you guys do, you guys influence me to keep going and to keep trying things and to keep stretching my limits to see what else we can do. So yeah. I, I feel blessed to be a part of the circle. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a great aura of positivity around here. Yeah, for sure. It is. It really is. And man, that, that whole race, that situation just, I mean, it took all of that to a whole new level. Re- reignited fires in all of us and got us going crazy with it. And on social media, there's a ton of people that you influence as well and had also these same emotional reactions to watching you cross that line like that after such a just crazy, crazy thing to happen at 92 with the back locking up and having to overcome that. Um, but from social media as well, I had a couple of people reach out with some questions, and I wanted to get into that side if right. y'all are okay with segueing into that now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and also one thing I was thinking is if y'all have any questions here at the table, just round robin, jump in, throw, <clears throat> throw them out there. Sorry, still getting over strep. Um, <laughs> coughing a little bit. But if y'all have anything that y'all want to ask, by all means – throw it out there. Uh, but I wanted to get some questions out and if y'all have answers to these as well, uh, or opinions hit it. So the first question actually sent in by Joe. Uh, okay. He's yeah. been running a lot here lately. He too. started running himself. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really cool to see, but, um, did you nap any throughout the 100 miles? No, nope. not at all. Not at all. Did you, and, and, and to more of that, you, you, Actually got up, what, at 3 o'clock because you couldn't sleep? I did. I did. Got up at 3 o'clock and just. So you, you'd been up 38 hours, 39 hours by the time you finished the race? True. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long day. Yeah. <laughs> and that might also be part of the contributor to why we should we should make the plan first and not leave it up to the sleep-deprived yeah. individual. Well, exactly. Not just physically exhausted, but just just regular old exhausted on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. No, that's exactly right. Next question come in, uh, came in, sorry. Uh, what was your favorite thing to eat at the aid stations? Quesadillas. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> my favorite for sure. <laughs> ramen noodles, I got to say. Ramen noodles and then probably mashed potatoes. What Pe- about those uh, pocket peanut butter and jellies? Or the pocket cookies, <laughs> pocket man. Pocket bananas that I... <laughs> or, 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 uh, or Pringles. Pocket oh, Oreos. I, that must run in the family because ramen and Pringles <laughs> were my go-to. You get that, that salt out of the out of both of them, really. But uh, the peanut butter sandwiches are great early on, but after a while, you're like peanut buttered out. You're like, I don't yeah. want any more of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the good thing they say about peanut butter, though, is that it tastes the same coming up as it did coming out. <laughs> Fortunately, we didn't have to find that out. But uh, yeah, they had uh, ramen noodles early on and. And probably my second aid station I hit, I got ramen noodles. And I started fueling early on with that. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone I saw you at, you were grabbing ramen noodles. You yeah. know? I mean, you were grabbing peanut butter, but that's because they actually fit in the pocket and you could get them I on the trail. I could take them with me, yeah. But I, I, I swear if you could have had pocket, pocket new pocket news there, <laughs> you, you'd have been smacking on those. <laughs> little straw. Yeah. Um, this says most memorable moment from each lap, but I would change that. What was your most memorable moment from the race man 
it's got to be that last stretch. I mean, as far as memorable, I guess, I guess I'm thinking of memorable as being toughest, darkest, deepest, most challenging moment of the race. And it was that last stretch. I mean, uh, there was a lot of memorable moments throughout the race, but that had to be the most the most toughest instance in the race for sure. Well, to take it the other direction, that would have seemingly to be the best part then, wouldn't it? Because you said that, you know, <laughs> the fact that the whole crew was standing there when you come out of the woods. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was. So that you, you had you had both emotions in one one event. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it was an emotional roller coaster like crazy there that last bit. And, uh, yeah to go from dark dark and, and then realizing I might actually finish this thing with everybody cheering and everything is just yeah. from you know from down here to up here just real quick so it was it was incredible uh yeah no, I, I think that was all of our probably favorite <laughs> yeah, right moment right. too <laughs> made um, the whole thing worth it 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 really did. It was a, it was tough. I mean, I I don't want to say it was tough compared to what you did, but I mean, it's tough going out there and sticking out in the cold and you know sleeping on the ground, which I mean, admittedly, I didn't have to do, but I was trying to be there. I ended up oversleeping and missing you on a couple of those things, but I was trying to be there when you got there. But doing all of that, cooking out there, you know, it's not an easy thing. So going out there and having everybody do that, I think everybody. When you cross that finish line, even when we saw you come out of the woods, we're like, oh, yeah, that's why we come out here and we deal with this stuff. A finish and getting the buckle is kind of a, a period at the end of the race. But seeing you go through what you went through was like slapping a big fat explanation point on right. it. I mean, it was it was cool. Well, it was just a culmination of everything, the, all the efforts throughout the race. Uh, y'all stepping up and doing everything that needed to be done to get me where I needed to be in a position to have enough time left to actually finish that thing with the back issues and everything. I mean, like I say, with only three minutes left, there could have been so many things that, you know, that made that not happen, but it didn't happen. You guys were just on point the whole race. It was incredible. It really was. Well, absolutely. Um, rolling into that. Did you get any blisters? And if so, where? <laughs> yes, uh, the pinky toes on both feet, especially the left one was the worst. Okay. You want me to describe it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it, but. It was an entire blister all the way up past the knuckle on that toe. <laughs> it was just a big old blister and the toenail was just kind of floating up on there. Oh, nice. oh man. A little graphic nice. here on the next <laughs> line podcast. Yeah, I, got to, I got to see it like on Monday, and it looked like gangrene and said it. <laughs> it was impressive. It has <laughs> since rough. peeled off last night, and the toenail is gone now. So it's, it's, it's healing. Man, I was complaining about my swollen pinky toe. <laughs> okay. Staying in line with that, any chafing, and if so, where? Only when I took my shirt off and just threw the hydration vest on, and it was right here. Oh, you got, <laughs> the, got the old nips chafing. The old nips got a little chafing there, but, I mean, really, honestly, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad at all. Next question is one that we touched on already a little bit, um, but you can just kind of confirm it, is was your hydration and your nutrition on point? 
very happy with that. Yes, the hydration, nutrition, electrolytes, just everything was great. I mean, and I think I burnt 12,600 and something calories throughout that race. So I knew going in, I needed to I needed to stay hydrated. I needed to eat and keep my calories up throughout the whole thing. And that, you know, I felt really good about that, where that was throughout the race. For sure. I mean, you didn't have a single stomach issue throughout that. Mm. So that kind of highlights that we were on point with that this, this go around. Yeah. yeah. I, I went through a lot of stomach issues cause I did not do it well. And I think one of the things that you, you really try to figure out is like, okay, how do I fine tune the food and the calorie intake to make sure it matches and I don't blow up. And for you to come out the gate on your first hundred miler and really just hit the freaking nail on the head, you did a mm-hmm. great job with it. Um, it was cool to see. Well, the other thing on that, for anybody watching the podcast that doesn't run distance, um, the stomach can become very sensitive during those times. And so the same with the whole GI track. And so it's it's almost uh, like a chemistry kind of trying to work out what's not going to set you off during that uh during that time cuz you're running and all of your blood's going into your 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 legs and everything your extremities trying to keep your body going and so it's not really your body isn't doesn't have as much going on trying to digest so if you eat yeah. the wrong thing you could set yourself off pretty quick so yeah. it's not just that we have weak stomachs or anything yeah. right, you know right. it's a it's yeah. a very sensitive thing. It, it right. is. There's running jokes about <laughs> running stomach jokes. Issues. That's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, good pun. That's nice. Right. Yeah. Um, well, next on this list is one that you kind of touched on already too. But um, what was the first body part to start hurting? Uh, that had to be my uh, left left ankle when I did the high, the high ankle. ankle sprain. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what was the body discomfort that lasted the longest? probably longevity that one that one probably on that one because it was always there i knew it was there kind of aching dull like a dull ache but i knew if i kept moving it would it would stay were flexible and keep moving for me Uh, so that was probably the longest one because that was so early in the race that i tweaked that that's fair now along with that what discomfort did you face that you'll remember for years to come i think we know that answer but well, it's going to be the back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, by far. Um, that was one where where I felt like I couldn't control it. It was controlling me. You know, the ankle, I kind of knew how I could get around that and make myself work through that pain. But the back, that's a whole different world right there. Back was, yeah. That was so unexpected, too, just out of the blue. But... um now next would be which lap was the toughest? Oh, it was, it was definitely the last lap. Last <laughs> lap facing those those hurdles you had to get over. If you hadn't had the back issue, yeah, would that, one of the other laps have been tougher? That's a good question. I would say probably uh, probably lap three. Yeah. After I'd already tweaked my ankle on lap two, probably lap three before mm-hmm. I had pacers, that would have been. Probably the toughest lap. Okay. Um, Because you guys came in, took my mind off a lot of the aching and all that kind of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. It hadn't been for that. And up to that back issue, I felt like the race was going great. Yeah. (laughs) So. Well, that's good. Uh, Question-wise, as far as the list goes, 
we move into the post-race things. How was the first 48 hours after the race? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the first Brutal. first two or three hours. Let's go. Come on. I mean, y'all immediately, uh, I sat down on a cooler right by the finish line. When you guys started packing stuff up, y'all helped me make it over to a lawn chair to sit in because I couldn't walk at that point. My body was already stoving up. And uh, then helped me and Michael physically picked me up, put me in the seat of the, on the car to go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, Almost uh, threw you in that, that, yeah. that thing there. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, real test when we got to the house, getting out of the car, that was pretty rough. I, I actually fell asleep, slept for the two-hour drive home, and then when I went to get out of the car, it was like nothing wanted to work. The lower back was still having issues. The ankle was super tender, swollen. It looked like a biscuit coming out of the oven. The foot did with toes sticking out of it like sausage sticking out of a big little biscuit or something. <laughs> and then uh, just getting in the house, uh, the wife had to put me in an office chair and roll me into the house. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Did she Did she need help getting you in the house or did she get it done by herself? She did it. I, I, told, I suggested that she call uh, the brother-in-law or the neighbor and uh, she said, no, we'll get it. And she got me in the house and uh, took good care <laughs> of me and uh, got me in the chair, then got me through the shower phase of it and everything and uh, got me back in the chair. And it, it was a, it took a while to make that all happen. Did she scold you at all? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so there was... I was trying to do video throughout this thing, right? Kind of document it and put one together and still working on it. But in in my head the whole time, I thought we have to do a post-race interview like a NASCAR, you know, kind of thing. Oh, and yeah. so he was so wiped out that I was really, I don't know, I said, you know, should I do it? Should I not? And so I finally kind of pressured him into it and forced him into doing it. And and unfortunately, my GoPro died, so I had to do it with my phone. So oh. it, it, but to watch the interview, right, and like the way he's talking here, I'm so glad we did it. I'll have to show it to you guys and I'll get it together. Mm-hmm. But it he almost to someone that doesn't know what they're watching, you'd swear he's drunk. Yeah. And I mean it really <laughs> shows the level of exhaustion that he's at and it, it's a beautiful yeah. ending to it. And like I said, I just got to get it posted and put it out there, but it, it yeah, it definitely shows how wiped out he was. Yeah, that was a good thing to document right yeah. there. And it's awesome cuz in it he says and like I said, you just see the sheer exhaustion in his face. He says, you know, I always say do hard things. And, man, that was that 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 was hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, things start to change, too, in your mind. I mean, like my perception of that lap that I did with you is way different than what my Garmin says happened. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, my perception of my own marathon is it, what I was saying immediately after the race was different a couple hours after the race, you know, mm-hmm. just my perception shift and everything. And just going back through the hard data, I'm like, okay, you know, I was a little wrong here and there. And so that, that was a great, yeah, that's why thing I kind of do. pressed him into it. I'm like, this has got to be a moment to capture. I'm glad you did that. That was, it's awesome. I'm, Y'all I'm guys got to see that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that, mm-hmm. man. Well, a couple more questions. Uh, how was the first night of sleep? Fell asleep in the recliner like for about four hours after the shower and then woke up and then probably slept another four hours uh, and then just stayed in the recliner for the next really day for sure. Um, 
with everything stoved up, had a had some crutches. I was like, oh man, got to go pee again. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a whole production to make it in there. <laughs> I bet so. So, but uh, but really, it was because of the lower back, and it was because of the ankle. Like I say, the what what progressed and what was what I was happy about was, you know, this was my third ultra race, and every distance has been longer. But my legs really felt like they recovered really fast and really well. The normal stuff, besides the lower back and ankle injury, so the hips, good. knees, everything, all of that stuff felt really good. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't what was keeping me from functioning. It was the ankle and lower back that was still sore. Yeah. But the, the lower back eased up really quickly. The next day, the second day, it was really feeling really well. Uh, so the ankle was probably, and it's still sore today, the ankle is. It's still not 100%, but it's getting there. Well, that fast recovery just shows your level of fitness and athleticism there um, and right. how well your training went because so- – for sure. When Old you when you don't nail that, you know, you can be laid up a while afterwards. So I definitely am happy with how the training went and I definitely want to modify it going forward for the next one. But uh, I'm definitely definitely feel like I was way more prepared for this one than than any of them so far. Oh, yeah. Um even even going the longer distance and not really understanding that that extra distance yet. Mm-hmm. But just I felt like physically and mentally stronger as well from the other races. I just felt like I was in a much better place on this race. Oh, yeah. um, had that eight-mile stretch happen in my first race, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, all of it's a building block, you know, on getting stronger and getting more mentally strong and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I was very happy with how it turned out. Hmm. Even though it wasn't exactly how I drew it up in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Well, that brings us to one final question before we shut this thing down. And mm. I'm actually, this is probably my favorite question. When is the next 100-mile race? Woo-wee. December <laughs> 2nd, Brazos Bend. So not only did you decide you're going to run another one, but you've already put it on the map, put I've it on the calendar. I've already picked it out. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, uh, Monday, I was already, I'm going to run another race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I was close to the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That, that's awesome to that, see. That was not your attitude during the interview. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I was, I was a whoop pup on that one. <laughs> well, it's real easy when, when you're feeling that kind of right. way to be like, never again. <laughs> Give it a couple hours, you're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> no, so how many people does that put at Brazos Bend running? Because I know you're planning on doing it. I'm planning on doing it. I think you said something about I doing think it? I'm going to run Brazos Bend 100 mile this year, um, so, which we need to sign up fast because that thing fills up pretty quick. So. All right. Lane so Divin kind of hinted about oh, uh, possibly doing it, but <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think he should be in there with us, you know. I, I think you know, leave a comment on just, what you think Lane Divin should do about December 2nd. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, let's see what the people say. Leave it to the people. What's that one, what's that post you see? One like and I'll quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy goes and likes it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to do a post just like that, Lane. Don't worry. <laughs> Perfect. I think, um, I think with that, you know, it kind of depends on the logistics because you bring all the pacers point. are running the race. Just gonna be pacing each other on the course, or 
Pacers, we don't need no stinking Pacers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, uh, that's a that's a great point, and uh, I don't think we can all do what Chance did and make his own Pacers. <laughs> well, I don't know if we if we all end up uh, if we all end up hallucinating, we might make our own Pacers anyway out there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but no, I, I I think we'd have a good group. I think we'd have a good crew. Um, helping us out we'd have a good base camp and we could probably get some people that would be willing to run some miles with us um if you're actually interested in doing any pacing or running uh, from the podcast or getting involved in anything we do with the running don't hesitate to reach out i will say that say let us know (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, but absolutely but it i'm really looking forward to that i think it'd be cool for all of us to get together if we do need to break it apart and decide to maybe uh go back to rocky raccoon a couple months after that and run a hundred mile race instead (laughs) um that's an option too so we can we can get it figured out and we'll let everybody know the logistics of it once we talk about it more but Mm -hmm. i mean I'm, i'm just excited we're all gearing up to do some more cool stuff Absolutely. And uh, another thing I got to say to anybody listening, if you're waiting to pull the trigger on a race like this, I'm sure most of these people here are are a great group of guys to try and run that with. And I'm sure Next in Line Development would be happy to support you. No, I mean, correct I, me yeah. if I'm wrong. No, say, thank you. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's needing a pacer or crew members or anything, just, just reach out and let us know. Um, I know that we've kind of touched base with a couple different people, I believe. Yeah, but. mine ended up in Arizona. Come mm-hmm. May, Maybe. helping pace. Yep, um, be a good time. But also, um, I mean, not just races. Uh, it's a great point that you brought it up at races, but not just races. If you've got something going on, you want to try 75 hard and don't know where to start, you want to start maybe losing some weight, uh, start working out, need some workout plans, need need anything info-wise in the uh, personal development, personal self-help uh even health and fitness side of things. We've we've had to figure this stuff out on our own, all of us sitting at this table, and we would all be glad to help. So don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, at Next Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok is the easiest way to do that, by the way. Um, but guys, first, thank you all all for coming down here uh, and being part of this conversation. Well, thank well, you for the opportunity to come down here. It's always a pleasure being on here. Yeah. Yeah, thank always. you. It's thank you for time. having us and uh, – uh, course we always eat really well too when we're here <laughs> and, uh, we had a great workout this afternoon I'm yeah. really happy to see that so try to hit the full gambit a little bit of torture a little bit of <laughs> yeah a good little food bit, a little bit <laughs> we're right. feeling it for sure yeah, oh, yeah. Both ends of the i spectrum. still got a run to do after this to complete 75 hard for the day so that's fun too but uh well guys anything else any other questions comments concerns about this old rocky raccoon before we put it to bed man thank you for letting us be a part of it absolutely it was impressive such a such a awesome experience to be a part of and something that you know i know that you certainly learned quite a few big lessons from it but i think you know i did too i'm certain everybody else probably did as well absolutely um it's something that it was just so inspirational and something that we'll be able to take you know from here on out just be able to reflect upon and just it's awesome well i say once again i mean I thank each and every one of you for being there and doing everything you did and, I mean, spending your weekend there and uh, sleeping out in the cold and hanging out in the cold all night long while I'm running the race. And uh, just, I mean, I barely finished under the gun. You know, like I say, uh, everything you guys did was key in in me finishing that race. And I I thank you from, you know, from the bottom of my heart. I mean, 
uh, I don't do that without you guys and uh, without this team. And it's uh, what we have here is something really special and uh, really thankful for everything. You know, our crew chief out here. <laughs> That's right. Dude was setting up the base camp, being right in the middle of all the planning and everything. I mean, I, uh, everything is just perfect. Mm-hmm. I can't thank you enough. Absolutely. Well, guys, I guess that closes us out. Um, thank you all for tuning into this episode. If you got something out of it, share the show with somebody who might get something out of it, even if it was some laughs or some entertainment or you enjoyed the story uh, that was this crazy inspirational story of Rocky Raccoon. But, guys, always be prepared for whatever is next in line. <laughs>